What are your, uh, which calls it, solutions to the Fermi paradox? <laughs> um, the Fermi paradox. I know Fermat's last theorem. Fermi paradox, I think I've heard of. Refresh my memory. Fermi paradox is the one where it's like, hey, man, there's an Earth and we've got life on it. And there's all of these other situations that also might be Earth-like that could produce life. But we have, like, no evidence of aliens and shit. Um, that would be the paradox. It's like, statistically mm-hmm. speaking, there should be some civilizations kicking about that we should have evidence of by now. Right. And that's where like they introduce the Great Filter, which is, there, there could be an event, whether it be global warming or us all jacking off too much, that stops <laughs> us from fucking getting into space and propagating. Okay. Is that what propagating proper word? Yeah, I think that makes sense. Propagate. Uh, well, so my solution would be to buy a lottery ticket every day. That's and not the a, one that this I This has absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with the Fermi paradox. Yeah, man, statistics. Um, if I win the lottery, then I'll start exploring space. But that's not so. <laughs> that's that doesn't. That's my solution. That's not the paradox, though. Isn't can you go to space? The I know, paradox. But what I'm saying is, if I win the lottery. Then I will think that, well, if I won the lottery, I'll probably also have the same odds of finding something into space. We have the same <laughs> odds as you just spending that money on a radio telescope. <laughs> you probably have less odds of discovering uh, intelligent life in our current ability to go into space because it's pretty much an air box. Yeah. Well, okay, fine. I won't tell you my solution but then. That is, that's, <laughs> well, so this, the, it's not something that... Because the paradox is that there's no evidence of something. Look, it was the first step of 38 steps. I don't so believe you. I don't think that you think this. about the Fermi paradox <laughs> enough. And it's disgusting. <laughs> but the paradox is just that we don't have evidence of it. So, like, the right. most logical thing is uh, we're dumb. So we can't see the evidence, which is what I'm going on. Um we're in the armpit of space, so there's no real reason for anything to come here. Or, like, these are all of everybody else's solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just no reason to come here. Um, we're actually physically stopped from seeing everything because of the whole we don't want primitive screwheads ruining the galaxy. Uh, and then there's the great filter, which is just there's something that happens to every civilization that's like an insurmountable thing to overcome that those civilizations don't go into it, Mm -hmm. which I think is kind of dumb because as a species, I guess like intelligence is the only great filter that I would see to anything because we can get a breeding population of people into space like safely at this point in time. It would suck, but (laughs) like the species would survive. So when you're saying a solution, are you saying like, what do you think is the reason we don't have any, evidence right yeah because probability would indicate that there is in fact life out there so why haven't we seen it that's the question you're asking um i think it could be literally that the universe is just so vast 
We just haven't hit it yet, right? It's like... So you're going with the armpit theory? Yeah, pretty much. You know, if it's like, oh, you're in a pool and you have to find this ring, it's like, that's eh, pretty easy. If you change that to an ocean, it's like, that gets almost infinitely harder. Well, it's so. even still hard in a pool. Yeah. Because if you're looking <laughs> at the plane of a ring... It doesn't look like a fucking ring. It looks like a line. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. if you bring any actual three-dimensional things into finding shit in space, I personally think that it, we have evidence all over the place and that one of the most intelligent things you can do as a species is learn how to appropriate bandwidth. Hmm. And, like, the way we think of bandwidth is almost entirely in radio bandwidth. Yeah. Like, but that's not the only, like, light has a bandwidth, which mm -hmm. we also use for data now. Yeah. Um. We only see. I just. I was surprised by this this morning because I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be like twenty percent of light." Oh no, the visible light spectrum is like a very tiny part of the whole. Zero zero three three is yeah. what we can perceive. So we're not even at one percent of light. Yeah. That we can see. Yeah, the whole electromagnetic spectrum, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a huge uh, band of information. So, I mean, that's approximately, like, what, 10 to the 16th? I have no idea what the actual number of that is because it was easier to find what we can see to what we can't. So we can see 0.35% yeah. of the wavelength range. Yeah. According to, which I also just found out this morning, the NNSA has an Instagram. What has an Instagram? The NNSA. <laughs> what is that? It's the Nash, where is it? National Nuclear Security Administration. Okay. Yeah. Which they don't actually give you very much information other than they're supposed to be making electrical glass. But actually, uh, a friend of mine, his dad worked for the NNSA. Yeah. But yeah, so I personally kind of think that there's probably just some shit that we don't know that we can't see yet, and that there's signs of civilization all over the place. Probably like our, if we go and look at our planet from a certain distance with a kind of filter, it just says idiots or something. <laughs> and like once we clean that off, the rest of the galaxy will be like, oh, they took off the kick me sign. So they're ready to enter civilization because they can actually perceive enough of it. I've long thought that if there is, you know, some other kind of intelligent life out there, uh, which I tend to believe there is, it's probably just something that we can't perceive. Um, and I think it probably is basically fourth dimensional beings. So it's kind of just that idea. I think we were talking about it the other day of Flat World, which is a book I've never read, but I think I know the main concept of like, well, a bunch of two-dimensional beings could never actually even see three-dimensional beings in a certain uh, yeah, perspective. And, yes, so the only thing that Flat World is, is it's it's one dimensions going through three dimensions. So it's a one-dimensional being, or, oh, okay. it's a, or it's a two-dimensional being that sees the first dimension right? and yeah. gets transported into the third dimension. And kind of like the book sort of falls apart, like a very hot take that... Uh, they kind of 3Dized the 2D object in order to show it the 3D. Right, right. Yeah, but I think there could be fourth dimensional beings or perhaps even higher. Um, you know, we kind of understand time and like the time-space continuum a little bit at this point, but... I actually saw a 
time space relativity for children's book yesterday read on a TikTok. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good material about that stuff. And I, I think most people at least at this point know that concept, kind of that time and space are intertwined and one can affect the other. Uh, or they've at least seen that cool graphic of like... A ball in a net. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just rolling around. Yeah, so I think that could definitely be it, and they're kind of popping in and out, and we're not even seeing it. That's one of the, uh, this is going to be a weird, like, science bullshit heavy episode, I guess, but that's one of the (laughs) current thoughts on what dark matter is, is it's not like a really well-received thought, but it is one that's floating around, is that it's an actual uh, extra-dimensional space that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. And that that's the dark matter that we're obse- observing is the horizon into entering that extra dimensional space. But okay. I tend yeah. I tend to go the other way where that's just cloaking shit. Like I personally am like, no, that's all one big space station. And <laughs> they just know how to cloak shit. That's what we see so little of everything that's going on. That's required, like even driving in space. Yeah. We are blind as fuck. Like, luckily, we can see rocks. But right. at some point in time, we're going to be like, oh, this ship disappeared. And it's going <laughs> yeah. to be because a spectrum of light that we can't see was, like, hot enough to vaporize something. Like, yeah, probably. So we're going to have to learn how to see all of that shit, like, regularly and at will. And I think that that's, like, one of those things that probably in order to do, like, extra galaxy travel so getting through a galaxy requires a level of perceiving things that biomass normally couldn't see right that it's just not even hard to fucking hide yourself from people who aren't (laughs) trying that are like oh we just kind of accidentally float around everywhere because our bandwidth is all put in spaces that we can't see because why would we clutter up our own actual physical bandwidth yeah true Chiral Networks, man. Fucking, that game had so much potential. Yeah, the ending was a bummer to me, but... Well, even the whole concept, because, like, the Chiral shit kind of made sense if you uh, turned it into intertwined particles, or entangled particles, and made it, like, self-replicate, or self-building matter, that that's how it assembled itself. Yeah, where they're like, we kind of have this weird little laser well of something that just takes matter in in an entangled form and collapses it down into its physical structure. So you just have a bunch of carbon atoms, basically, that are entangled, and you just like so you can get really big things out of really small stuff. (laughs) But they could use the crypto biots for that. Yeah, exactly. But instead, they made it. I am my own grandpa, which I called, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, you did. That game is basically the stupids which is a 90s TV show starring Tom Arnold about (laughs) a family of idiots where he is his own grandpa. There's a nice song about it. (laughs) No, they had dooms, not stupids. No, they did have stupids. I think they're the same thing. You get touched by hands and stuff. This also confuses me in that game because how many people had dooms? I know that... There's a lot of stuff that they like kind of brushed on and didn't go into detail where at the end you're like, but wait, <laughs> yeah, because definitely Norman Reedus had dooms, right? And that other chick. And Fragile had and, dooms. Uh, what's his face? But and was, Higgs. But was dooms. Higgs real? Yeah, Because we I know, don't that's... have whether or not Higgs was real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but... 
also there was no other bridge babies in the three bridge babies we saw it was all you or an empty thing yeah so like why does everyone know what bridge babies are (laughs) it's all just some weird dream that norman reedus had Uh, that wouldn't surprise me norman (laughs) reedus like woke up in japan one day and was just like (laughs) oh man i had a crazy dream that i had a baby do you think Amelia Earhart disappeared because of uh, infrared light or some part of the uh, electromagnetic spectrum? Yeah, I thought it spectrum? was um, her <laughs> compass might have gotten fucked. I have no idea. I honestly don't know a ton about. I know her nothing about Amelia Earhart, and I fucking hate uh bermuda triangle conspiracies (laughs) because it's like super easy to like if we thought it was that mysterious and dangerous that is something that we can actually solve like currently like so the bermuda triangle is not huge yeah it's not at all so we can actually just chain buoys filled with sensors and float them all the way across it nowadays True. What if they got lost though, and you can then recover then that we data? would actually have a reason to. <laughs> this is my whole thing: is like the Bermuda Triangle has a lot of mysteries, but yeah. nobody that can solve those mysteries is taking it seriously. So it's probably not serious. Yeah, like it's a dead spot. But if they do go take it seriously, and there is something, I'll start believing in the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> but like, don't we just straight up fly through it normally now? Uh, I think there's been many successful yeah. flights through it. Like, I think that was the whole thing with the Bermuda Triangle is like it was a little bit of a shortcut for certain types of flights. Uh, but then people were just like, nah, let's let's not do that. <laughs> well, so probably what happened is it's a weird spot for fucking weather that people yeah. weren't used to going through. And I can see it being like an electromagnetic storm of some kind happened and fucked something up. Yeah, definitely. Or it's a place that like that... Like, you can have massive iron underwater and produce an electromagnetic field that's fucked up and yeah. not not what you would expect in the area. But it's also like, you, we could see that from space now. Like, and we would by accident because of the shit triangle? that we have. Well, if there was a giant, like, so... If something was there. Yeah, do you know yeah. about our magnetic mapping program? Um, No, I don't think so. We basically sent two toasters up go in opposite directions and just mapped our magnetic field. So like we oh, would okay. see that. Yeah, we know what the magnetic field of the earth looks like. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. So like shit, that's why it annoys the crap out of me is it's like, yeah, she probably just fucked up in one of the many ways you could fuck up flying an ancient plane. <laughs> yeah. What about the guy that was with her? I don't do I think that he crashed <laughs> the plane? No, I just like no one ever talks about that guy. It's... That's because <laughs> that guy was there for emotional support. <laughs> yeah. That guy was there to make sure that they didn't have enough fuel in case there was emergencies. Yeah. Good old Amelia. Yeah, I don't know if I would go insane by my... Like, it flying that long has to be somewhat annoying. But I guess if movies are to be believed, you can just have full conversations without controlling the plane at all. <laughs> And if you get lonely, all you need is a volleyball and just paint a little face That's on it. That's not going to work in a plane, man. <laughs> Was she have an enclosed plane or did she have an open top? Uh, That's a good question. I feel like she had an open plane. In which case, a volleyball, no. 
Closed plane. <laughs> you could totally put a volleyball on, on the dash. Tie a string to it. <laughs> Turns into a tetherball. Well, I would imagine that that would crash you somehow. <laughs> uh, it looks like it was closed. Cool. I was also thinking, like, wouldn't you freeze to death if you're trying to go around the whole fucking world? Yeah, point, that's what um, I would think. And I, this plane probably flew at a lower altitude than, like, commercial planes right now, but I, th- I would think it would still be yeah, freezing. Yeah, at some point in time, you have to go over a mountain. Yeah. And you can tell how cold they are because they turn white at the top. Oh, these had lights at the top that would change? No, 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 no. White, because you can see the snow on a Oh, mountain. white. Yeah, I thought you said light. <laughs> no, that would be weird, because the circuitry to having a light turn on when it got cold would be hard, <laughs> because you would have to... Inter- it's easy to do it if it gets warm, because it gets more humid. Dude, they just make the plane out of Coors cans, and once you see the Rockies, you know. That doesn't work. <laughs> That'll just chemically... Yeah, so, yeah, that doesn't work at high altitude. <laughs> yeah. Can't use Coors cans. That was an effective uh, sales pitch. That came out while I was in Jackson, and we had Coors cans at the VC for a while that people yeah. specifically were like, no, give me that one. And I was like, <laughs> this probably causes cancer. There's, like, no way that you're touching this <laughs> fucking changey color shit and putting it on your mouth, and that's okay. I feel like they never worked either. or th- It wasn't, like, very reliable. I mean... Define reliable on the thermal paint on your beer can. <laughs> I've seen the They Rockies. would change temperature. I don't think they'd change back. Yeah, I just remember like there were some times where it would be very cold and there would be no Rockies visible. Were you just getting fucked up? Because it was the exact same can <laughs> Maybe. as know. the old can, except for with the new paint on it. So did somebody just have two different cores at the same <laughs> Maybe. time? Yeah, I don't know. Just like, no, this one, this one's special. You get <laughs> no Rockies for you. <laughs> I am pretty amazed at how much people will drink a liquid based on a... That has nothing to do with the taste of it. Yeah, The true. sales pitch of it was, look at the can, not yeah. our delicious product. Look at the can, look at these cans, look at this cool guy. <laughs> that's have, how they sell beer i've never seen i get that is pretty much how they sell beer but i've definitely never seen anybody in a beer commercial and been like that guy's cool <laughs> like well they can't say it you, that wouldn't be but a cool usually guy the guy do. in a beer commercial is a douchebag it's the guy in like a scotch commercial <laughs> that's like the guy you would actually want to talk to and then they made that guy into the jose cuervo guy yeah that is true which is the, the most, most interesting, interesting man. man and that that pretty much topped it they can't do commercials about singular people telling you about their stuff without people just being like, I'm sorry, all I can think of is Jose Cuervo, which is not good. Yeah, they kind of killed that trope, didn't they? Like, by I, in, Yeah. I feel like that was a very, like, 2000s thing. Like, Chuck Norris memes, right? Chuck Most Norris still man exists. In the world. Didn't you just send me a Chuck? That was... Chuck Norris I mean, I still see Chuck Norris memes. 10,000 Jedis. <laughs> and it's like a digital representation. Chuck Norris wins. Nice. It's it, it's a cool digital thing. I personally like Chuck Norris jokes much more than I like Chuck Norris. Oh yeah, Chuck like Norris as an the a, guy is like. Eh. Well, as an <laughs> as a person, I guess I don't give a fuck about Chuck Norris either way. As yeah. an actor, like Chuck Norris was uh, always he was like the country kung fu, which meant he was boring yeah, kung fu for me. Walker, Texas Ranger. Yeah, I wasn't into that because I didn't like cowboy stuff growing up. I mean, I don't like cowboy stuff now, but. When the eyes of the ranger are upon you, 
What? We used to watch so much Rocky Texas Ranger. Oh my family. god, I did not know this. <laughs> this makes complete sense though, because that's like the most family friendly violent show you can have. Yeah, that was like my dad's shit. He he loved Chuck Norris. He thought he was awesome. I think even like followed his career a little bit up to that point. Because he was like a big martial arts guy. He fought Bruce Lee. Yeah, no, he was that's why he was like full on in the martial arts yeah. scene. That's why it was annoying. Yeah, yeah. Because every once in a while you'd be like, all right, this is an awesome thing going on. And then Chuck Norris <laughs> had come in and they'd start whistling and Western shit. And you're like, all right, if I wanted to listen to this, I'd go to a gas station. Yeah. That theme song was a banger. It's not my style, but. I don't think I've ever heard it. But the older I get, the more I do like country theme songs. Yeah, it was like that kind of 90s-ish country where it's still kind of the like old school stuff, but a little poppy. You know, like a Garth Brooks or a. Like Kenny Chesney, that kind of thing. I don't know who Kenny Chesney is. I know who <laughs> Garth Brooks is. Um, and I know what you're saying before they get all the way into pop country. Yeah, now it's like me, me and Applebee's and whatever that song is. I don't know. Like... Yeah, pretty much whatever the age where my tractor is sexy was when I was just like, <laughs> all right, listen, we can't even call this country. This has gone into its own genre of garbage. And like, I'm not a huge country fan. I personally would say that I don't like country music, but. When people play really old country music that just an, a cowboy on a horse played, I, it doesn't register as country in my head. <laughs> I'm just like, this is a good guitar being played by itself. Yeah, old country, I mean, I honestly don't think I can hate any type of music. There's definitely stuff I can't listen to because all of the elements combined create something yeah, I don't Yeah, make you want to rip your hair out. That's, yeah. <laughs> I think that is most of what growing up is, is realizing that there's no actual bad music. There's just sounds you don't like. Yeah, like, honestly, there's modern country that have some elements that I really, really enjoy. Uh, but it's just the whole package that I, I can't really get behind. Yeah. I feel, honestly, kind of the same way about old country. It is overall more tolerable to me. Country is fascinating to me because I think that's one of the there's very few forms of true american music and i do think country is one of them oh man you're gonna fucking hate this weird little factoid <laughs> supposedly the country music like structure yeah is the only naturally found music structure on every continent i've heard that separately before. yeah so it's not even american everybody else just had music longer yeah yeah well but it does kind of make sense if we're going with the america's the melting pot which right I think you could break down any chord structure and kind of say, oh, I've seen this before, right? Like, Yeah, but this is the, that's the thing is you can do that with everything, but this is the only one where it's independently been found. Like, they're not like, this is linked by somebody somewhere. Right, This is right. just something that convergently evolved on every continent. Yeah. No, and I, I definitely, I've seen that same thing. I agree, I agree with it. I think it's, you know, sound, science, whatever. I still think there is a thing to American country music, whether you're going to say, oh, this chord has appeared throughout time, whatever. That makes sense to me. It's like, you know, I, I would say blues is distinctly American as well. Mm. They actually did find uh, Elvis. <laughs> is, there's a convergent Elvis. Oh, yeah. That's just like unattached. I think he's Indian. Okay. Well, that's what I was going to say is like, I'd say blues is pretty distinctly American, but its core really comes from Arabic music that was happening, you know, but, centuries earlier. 
So I get what you're saying. I agree with it. Um, I think there's a certain thing to country music. It's more, or American country music, that is more in the writing and instrumentation. And that's what I'm talking about. I actually didn't realize kind of how popular it was in America. Like I knew it was huge and that's kind of where a lot of rock and roll split off and came from a little bit in a way. But I recently went to the uh, the Musical Instrument Museum. I was going to say anywhere where there's a farm. And you realize <laughs> that there's several hundred thousand people that have heard almost nothing but country. <laughs> yeah. It was interesting just kind of seeing the history of it and a lot of the live performances that were happening, like 50s, 60s, yeah, and how those guys kind of did branch off into rock themselves, but also kind of the rock groups that were performing with them and kind of took a little bit of that style and like adapted it. Do you remember when we were in high school and it was a real popular joke to be like, what's the difference between a cowboy and a punk rocker? <laughs> no, but I definitely want to hear this punchline. Their boots. Well, there you go. <laughs> because it's a bunch of fucking people who only like one kind of music and are very staunchly against this other weird guy. I mean, that's the thing I've always heard, like, my whole life. Like, oh, what type of music do you like? And there's someone that's like, everything but country and rap. See, and like, I like rap more than I like country for sure. But my yeah. favorite is when people refer to it as ABC, everything but country. <laughs> yeah. But it, when realistically it goes into, there's a lot of dance music that I can't fucking stand. I'm just like, yeah, all right. Yeah. But also, the older I get, the more I like disco, which I'm sure my dad will disown me if he fucking ever hears. Dude, disco's sick. There was some people that I think kind of ruined disco for the mainstream public. You know, like the Bee Gees did it a little bit. Uh, like the Saturday night, Saturday Night Fever stuff. I think kind of. Well, did. anytime you're just getting people sick on the weekends. <laughs> yeah. Come on, I want a Tuesday fever. I do want a Tuesday. That would be the best. Like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I've only ever been sick, like, including my days off. I've never gotten a full week off of work or anything. It's always, like, sick Monday, Tuesday, and then I might get, like, the Wednesday off. They should. We should make, a, like, a Tuesday fever, Wednesday fever. You're like, quit giving up your weekends, guys. Just like a, Take this. <laughs> I don't think that's how viruses and bacteria work, but... Well, if if we make it good enough. It, I think that you're, I mean, theoretically, yeah. I've been, <laughs> well, because I was recently, like, looking up some stuff on uh, how antibiotics work, like, when we're not farming them, yeah. like, how they just exist in nature, and they they do the whole let other antibiotics in and shit, and it kind of, mm. Basically, the structure of it is like, oh, I can see how antibiotics were maybe the basis of larger organisms, because what they end up doing is the same thing that viruses do, just uh, through chemical uh, flags instead of theft. Right. So, like, instead of a virus just walking up and being like, oh, you have this thing that I like, other microbe, and ripping it out of you and installing it in itself, mm -hmm. you as a separate thing come up to their little wall of chemical deterrent. And it's like, oh, you can, like, you have a membrane that we like to have around us, so they yeah. let you inside and don't absorb you. They just let you hang out, so you can now propagate and take care of their stuff, and then that membrane is now surrounding them without it actually having to be an aspect of them. And I can see over, like, millions of years, one of those just being like, this microbe we let in just is skin. <laughs> like, that's what it does. Like, now we're a ball, and that 
our whole meat brain part is just completely coincidental. <laughs> we so just you're like, saying Tuesday Night Fever will work? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying is like at one point in time, maybe we can get all the microbes and shit. Yeah. <laughs> they just, you know, take, take Tuesday as the sick days, hold everything at bay in a little ball. Yeah. Maybe that's what they're trying to do when they give you appendicitis. <laughs> he just well, seemed like he needed some time off forever. What a considerate disease. I don't know. I had appendicitis when I was 12 and it like got really bad in the middle of the night. Well, yeah, not overall. Have I talked but... about that before? Throwing up out of your nose is the worst fucking thing. I think you did a little bit. That's probably the second worst thing that's ever happened to me is throwing up not just a little like some spittle, but like a full session of throwing up entirely through your nose. I couldn't smell right for like months. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Was it hard to breathe? At the time, well, I was having an emergency, so there was like a bunch of panic going on. But afterwards, no, it just, it felt the same as when you like, I don't know if you've ever burned your throat before. Yeah. But it just has like a weird sensation that's somewhat numb and somewhat stinging. It was just like that breathing, mm. but it wasn't difficult to breathe in. Okay. Yeah, I have a friend. I think he had some kind of disease. I'm not 100% positive, but I just remember him telling me this story when he was a kid, how he started throwing up blood. Did he, he like have couldn't... meningitis? No, it was a, a heart thing. Oh, what? Yeah. And, um, like, obviously it's terrible and scary in a lot of ways, but the thing that stuck out to him and that he was telling me about was just how he couldn't breathe because it, he just, like, continuously was throwing up blood. He was, like, trying to gasp for air and he just couldn't do it. Yeah, the gasping for I throw up badly. Yeah. So, like, I am, like, my body will never just go with it. So anytime, I'm usually very happy that I don't have a lot to throw up. Yeah. But yeah, I also used to be king of dry heaving. <laughs> just dry heave for like two fucking hours. And you're like, all right, well, I feel buff now because I yeah. got a lot of core exercise. Yeah, I do feel like I got an ab workout anytime I've been <sighs> we seriously. Say that. We are not condoning <laughs> using vomiting as a form of exercise and weight control on this podcast. <laughs> and I am a doctor. Wait, wait, no, I'm not. Well, I mean, we just call you the doctor. There's a difference. You're not legally a doctor. Wasn't that like Dr. Drew's thing? He was no longer legally a doctor. That was just his nickname. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I think it's like he just let his license lapse in certain states. I think he is still officially licensed in, in one state. state. Probably the one he lives in and films from. Yeah. I think he's not in California, but I don't know. That's... Don't take my word for that. I don't, I wouldn't, <laughs> I would actually guess that the Dr. Phil, or Dr. Drew was like a fucking Midwestern thing. What do you mean? Like that, I would assume oh, like that he's they were from in, the Midwest. Yeah, I would assume like Illinois. I don't like Dr. Drew. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a real strong opinion on Dr. Drew other than when I was little, Love Line was a thing. I guess my opinion on him isn't super strong, and Love Line was a pretty good show. I don't know that it was a good show. I know that it was it was supposed to be a more grown-up thing yeah. that we were like listening to as kids, <laughs> right. and I haven't listened to Loveline as an adult and been like, that's terrible advice. So like, I can only imagine if I listen to it, I'm going to be like, you just told this person that's very obviously mentally unstable to just like stalk a woman. Like, I can imagine <laughs> that that was the shit that was going on with that. 
Yeah, I don't remember too much of it, but I used to listen to it on the radio. Is it still on? Do you know? I don't fuck no. Yeah, I, I thought maybe no like idea. Recently, that would be on the. The only thing I've listened to on the regular radio is there's a gossip show. Um, I don't remember what it's called or the radio station, but basically <laughs> it's they have somebody pretend to be the person that your significant other has been texting. Okay. Call like you a... and try and set up a date. Okay. Which is hilarious. So this is like a potential cheating situation? Yes, and they find out whether or not you're cheating through setting up the date. Because they're like, right. oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I know you said your girl wasn't. And it's, I don't know how honest any of it is because it's a radio show. <laughs> yeah, it but it does be. seem pretty honest. I don't know. The only thing that makes me think that it's not real is that everyone answers the phone. Greetings, noble subs. An update on our progress. The bullshit cards have rendered the BioWaste scanner program near obsolete. We exposed the nightmare reduction module in the sleep subscriptions and are fighting back the monsters that have been unleashed. The butcher has successfully defended over 20 clients and has had over 50 legal cases dismissed. No Pink is allowing us to make new moves every day without being detected. These are but a few of the products that are working for us with more on the way. Our progress is starting to add up. We're gaining ground here. According to the documentation and spec sheets we've located in the Old World archives, we may soon be able to directly access the core and speak with our leader. Keep going, Rebels. The more products we buy and sell, the quicker this goes. I'm out! This message was brought to you by the Revolution LLC. Yeah, do you think most people what do you think the percentage of people that pick up an unknown number is i feel like everybody over 50 but that's and in my opinion nobody under 50 (laughs) and if you do don't stop like what are you doing do you think the internet has an answer for us on this yeah but the statistics are gonna be blown out like a motherfucker (laughs) yeah let's see you're typing in so much Percentage of people that will pick up an unknown number. That's what I searched. I would just type, how many motherfuckers answer the phone? <laughs> hey, yo, Google. They be answering them phones or what? So Pew Research says most Americans don't answer cell phone calls yeah, no from unknown shit. numbers. Because Only 19% generally pick up a cell phone. So that is kind is that of the more amount than of I people over 50? <laughs> they do break it down here a little bit. Let's see. So that's U.S. adults. 19 will answer. 67% check if a voicemail is left. And then... Wait, so there's a bunch of people that just don't check the voice. I keep forgetting that. No yeah. <laughs> yeah, 14% um, ignore the voicemail entirely. I mean, I will say I've fallen into that category before. If you leave a voicemail, I'll fucking listen to the voicemail. I'll listen to the first five seconds of the voicemail, and if you sound anything like a robot, I just delete the voicemail. Yeah, I guess the scenario where I won't listen is... I guess that's not an unknown call, so that doesn't really count. You're right. Oh, is it... You were about to say, if it's me? 
because that's the only time you should listen. Because if no. I called you, I left all of the information that I was going <laughs> to say to you on that message so that you don't have to call me back. I definitely listen if it's someone I know. Even if I don't want to talk to them, I'll definitely listen. I get, I'm thinking of the scenario of like, you know, like I used to have uh, Phoenix Sun season tickets. They'll call me back and be like, you should get season tickets again. And I'm like, I told you guys to delete my number, like that kind of deal. Gotcha. So where it's like, it'll show up like Phoenix Suns or whatever. And I'm like, no, no, thanks. Yeah. That's, but we that's... have to edit this part out because we're Phoenix Suns ambassadors officially. Well, just because you don't <laughs> have enough money for season tickets because you're not like pulling in cash, maybe they should give you season tickets. <laughs> I actually didn't want to renew um, because I was tired of their bullshit. We'll see. <laughs> you could, but would you do it for free ones? I mean, we can yeah, still cut I'll out the part would. when you said the bullshit <laughs> part. Yeah, there was. Well, I don't want to get into it. But there was <laughs> Dude, this... I got mugged at a show. <laughs> One of them shot my dad. Now I have to fucking fight crime wearing this mask. No, I, all right, I will get into it. I went to. Um, they would like. They have these extra benefits, right? If you were a season ticket member, you can get was... a handy J. <laughs> That would be great. Like, wow, man, your hands are so big. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's not where I was going with it. <laughs> wow, this is what it's like? I can't believe you're seven feet tall. Crazy. Uh, <laughs> right? You have to sit on a throne. <laughs> um, they would give you benefits, right? So it's like three practices from this season. Like, you can come and watch. Or something like that. Yeah, since I've said Handy J, everything that comes after that is going to sound so bad. <laughs> you can watch. You can just watch three <laughs> times this season. You can watch. And for an extra dollar $1.50, we'll let them spend your money in front of you. <laughs> yeah, so I went to, or I tried to go to one of these events. And I forget the exact times, but let's say it was supposed to start at like 1 p.m. It's like 2 p.m. and I'm like, hey, what's up? Like, is this thing still happening? And it's like just me and a bunch of other fans in a weird gym. Yeah, this is a trap. <laughs> this is how they start the junior NBA. <laughs> yeah. But then, uh, like, someone comes in or something, like, not a coach or a player or anyone I had seen. Oh, I think this. So I think what you're about to say is something that happened with a football. Oh, okay. Um, but this person comes in and they're just like, hey, uh, the team's still on the way. And they like make up some weird excuse. And it's like, okay. And I really did want to see this event, but I had to be somewhere too. I don't remember all the details. So I kind of started asking questions and then it's like 2.30, still nothing's happening. So I walk out into the hall and I see the coach of the team. <laughs> and I'm like, out. hey, what's up, man? And he's like, oh, hey, who are you? And I'm just like, oh, I'm just, I'm just here for the practice. Like, are you guys going to come? And he's like, oh, we're, we're supposed to do that today? Like, we've been in the back watching film. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, this, so who's this person that's telling us this Somebody other thing? who does not want to approach the person they're supposed to be. Yeah. Now, so this is almost, so basically what I, the... Some form of TV did this because they had footage of it. But basically, uh, the team didn't show up, and then they sent somebody else out there that was a lookalike <laughs> of one of the team members, but like not a super good lookalike and not great at football. 
Yeah. And it was supposed to be like a meet, meet and greet for everybody. So <laughs> yeah. he was like throwing balls to people and shit. Just terrible. <laughs> They're like, wow, I thought he'd be able to kind of spiral. But it, it was found <laughs> that he was like an independent fake guy. Oh, so the team wasn't even behind yeah, it. He it just was like... just like a complete <laughs> fucking ringer bullshit where they were like, yeah, this guy just somehow had access to a large football field that was usually reserved for practices. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, I've got this football field and I do have this list of emails. I mean, it's Pretty destiny. Much. I mean, that's that's how hacking works. Yeah, That's funny that uh, the Simpsons episode of the Do You Want a Boat to if, oh, yeah, if you yeah. have a fucking warrant out for you, was inspired by real life event where they told 3,000 people that they won tickets to the Super Bowl. That's crazy. Yeah, it had like a fucking 90% fucking arrest rate on it. It was ridiculous. <laughs> have you also seen that story? Um, this guy basically was charged for a murder uh, and was found guilty. And then. He he basically went to, from the very beginning, was like, I didn't do it. I'm innocent. I have an alibi. I went to this baseball game. Um, I'm on the Jumbotron. <laughs> well, so that was the thing. They were like, okay, well, do you have the ticket? Whatever. And I, I think he did provide a bunch of proof. Like, I paid for it, all this. And they were like, well, that doesn't mean you necessarily went. And like, this could, you know, be a this good is fake true. alibi. That is one yeah. thing. That's not even a good fake alibi. Right. Because yeah. nowadays there's cameras on the entrance to all of that shit, so they can just fucking check that. Well, so that's what happened. Then his lawyer started like trying to find Jumbotron footage, a bunch of different stuff. And I believe this was like early 2000s. Yeah. So it's like maybe that stuff, you know, maybe Not he didn't get in great. the shot, maybe yeah. it didn't get recorded, whatever it could be. But what ended up happening with this guy, Larry David of Seinfeld and Curb Your Enthusiasm, heard about it. He's like, hey, I think we were shooting film that day in the stadium. And they were. And this guy ended up being in his shot. That's fucking hilarious. So so Larry David just cleared somebody of murder (laughs) just for no reason one day. It was like, ah, that's probably the most helpful thing that a celebrity has ever done. It's just like notice that he can get somebody off of murder. (laughs) Like very little downside happened from it. There wasn't some crazy scandal. Lucky for that guy, though, that he happened to be in the same section. That's kind of the way the beginning of The Horse and the Rider starts. Hmm. Which, did you ever end up listening to more of that? It gets really convoluted. Like, it gets... There's, like, two two episodes of the podcast book. I don't really know what to call it. Novelization? Podcast novelization? Yeah. But, uh, that just don't have Peter Quinnell in them at all. And around that time, I was like, hmm, this has got real weird. Like, (laughs) I was just... Used to hearing the word Peter Quinnell live like 40 times in a sentence. Yeah. Um, which the horse and the rider is very good. But most of it's like it starts with a guy murdering somebody and he just like happens to notice that the only camera that he can see is just like not looking at him. And he's like, oh, people are going to assume I murdered this person and it was on purpose. <laughs> but then later, like they get through. This is only mild. But there's a bunch of other cameras that they can use, basically, oh. that they're like, yeah, we just used a different camera. And you didn't have to start this escapade, which is the actual fun part of the book. Also, there's a big blob in it. A big blob? There's a big blob that wails about injustices. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's. I didn't see that part coming. Yeah. I want one. 
but it does drive people insane for like quite some time because it wails aloud. <laughs> if you could be a blob or a very rigid cube, which one would you pick? Uh, blob. Well, do I get <laughs> do I get to move? Yeah. Yeah. As both. Yep. Mm. But only in the way that a very rigid cube and a blob would move. Well, so that's the thing is a very rigid <laughs> cube doesn't have any like ability to gain momentum on its own, but goo does. <laughs> what are you thinking? Well, because if you can just move normally, uh, as a goo, you would not be able to like get into places very well unless you were seeping through them. Versus like you could theoretically have a mining society of cubes. Like they can hit rocks and stuff and break rocks. Whereas yeah. goo. You would have to, I guess, seep into it <laughs> and then take it out tiny crack by tiny crack if you wanted to have. I'm just thinking about what my quality of life is going to be in this yeah. mining society because I'm assuming I'm not going to be free. <laughs> I like that in this imaginary scenario, you've enslaved yourself. Because <laughs> well, like, what's going to happen if you walk up and find the cube or a goo boy? Like, I can't <laughs> defend myself against very much of anything at that point. I'm yeah. fodder for slavery, and I can't really commune. Like, as goo, I guess I could learn English and shape letters. <laughs> but, like, there's no audio function to goo. As a cube, well, like, nothing else is going to know that I can do anything but, I guess, mine. Because I'm going to get bored <laughs> and eventually start mining. <laughs> and if it's one thing modern video games have taught me, is that I will play Minecraft <laughs> no matter what. Just gotta mine. I wonder if any of the minor, like, uh, companies like coal miners have gone on a Minecraft ad campaign. We're like, <laughs> do you like digging coal? Do you spend hours in the nether? Well, get closer to the nether in real life with our coal or our Minecraft simulator, where you simulate playing Minecraft in real life. Do you think they love it or they're afraid of it? Are they like, these kids are going to come and take our jobs. They've been practicing mining forever. No, no, no. Coal miners are very, very upset that there's not enough coal miners. Ah, okay. Yeah. So yeah, they'll like it then. The whole their take our jobs thing was always very silly to me with coal miners because we made, like, the way we've done everything is trying to eradicate coal so that no Mm. one's really training up to be a coal miner. Yeah. So it's a bunch of older and older dudes being more and more annoyed that there's nobody entering coal mining. Yeah. Except for the kid in the coal mining town that has almost no <laughs> education and no way to get out of the coal mining town. And they think that guy's dumb. <laughs> yeah, most, uh, most of the coal mines in America are shut down now, aren't they? I wouldn't say most. And we keep opening them at a pretty regular rate. Oh, do we? Yeah, there's like a huge... You go into fucking Wyoming and try and say coal is bad for the environment. <laughs> I thought most of the coal was, like, East Coast. I I don't know a ton about it, though, so... Uh, fracking, man. Yeah, is it... So fracking's the whole, more natural gas, isn't yes, it? Yes, it's more natural gas. But and I guess that's probably more of what you would talk shit about. I ended up spending a lot of time with a woman that was uh, doing green coal uh, advocacy, mm. advocacy, which is interesting, but also, at any point in time, they're like, we have to make electricity by blowing a hole in the ground, and I'm like, or... <laughs> We can put a panel on top of it or like a whirlwind in some water. Like yeah. just the having to explode stuff kind yeah. of in my brain is already energy potential loss that didn't need to be added to an equation if we know how not to. Yeah. Because I think about energy potential more than I think about pretty much anything, which is dumb. 
I don't think that's dumb. It is. I don't do anything with energy potential. <laughs> I have been thinking about storing my body heat. Um, it's. <laughs> Where are you going to keep it in a Tupperware? Well, I was thinking a jar. <laughs> well, because the whole EVC, I've decided I'm going to start referring to it as a thermal gamble. Okay. Well, like the whole idea is to try and get enough residual energy out of you and your motion to produce something that produces enough energy or enough heat to keep your ambient temperature at a survivable level, hot or cold. Right. Like, that's the whole fucking deal of it. So if you had a system like that, you would have to have, a like, one of the bases is your initial fuel is, like, roughly 80 degrees. Because mm-hmm. that's about what you are on the outside. You get to go up to 92 degrees in your armpits or whatever if you want something that could actually extract heat from that. So if you have those systems on standby, you would have to prime them. Yeah. So if you did something like have a body heat temperature jar just hooked up to it so that while you were storing it, you wouldn't have to reprime it. But that's weird sci-fi shit that I've just been thinking about. <laughs> Maybe we could um, get other people to lend their energy and put that in jars. Well, that would just be for their units. Like, it, yes, all of that theoretically works real well. Like, if we put a funnel on top of a dance club, <laughs> and just took all of the radiated heat off of that and filtered it. Like, the easiest way to use heat energy is as heat. So you would just yeah. pump that through. But you can make a heat battery, which is mostly weird silicates, and you could pump that into a heat battery and save that party energy and use it for a hospital's heating. I was thinking, you know, more like a marketing thing. Like, oh, this is the rocks. Heat. <laughs> Wait, what? Or like... You're, uh... you're losing me somewhere in the translation here. <laughs> Like, yeah, as in, put it the, in the rock, jar. a person? Yeah, Dwayne Johnson. Okay, that's where the confusion <laughs> was. I was like, where, when did we start selling rocks? So he goes by Dwayne now. I don't know if you know that he doesn't like being called The Rock. Oh, at all? He Well, he that's why he dropped the name hmm. The Rock, was because he was tired of just being called The Rock all the time. Well, I apologize, and Mr. Johnson. Person. He is apparently fine with being called Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, okay. But just referring to, to him as The Rock. He has tried to separate himself from. I also think he views himself more as an actor now. I think everyone would, right? Well, it's because he does acting, and he doesn't yeah. like. When's the last time he did wrestling? And I think that probably has a lot to do with why he doesn't like being called The Rock. Yeah, because that was a persona of a job. That makes sense. Uh, what if he had like a special mouth guard that he put in, and he's like, "I only act like The Rock when I'm wearing this, and no one has ever <laughs> known." But yeah, uh, selling The Rock's body temperature that would work for women like if you were selling you can't sell mm. dude stuff like but would dudes i almost want... said jack nicholson well dudes aren't the guys who are buying dude stuff for, like well, that, so that would I'm be thinking... exactly how marketing marketing does this thing where they think the version of things goes over but really sexy gross stuff that's like it's only purchased by men yeah it's like getting buff and like thinking chicks will like you but only other dudes are like hey nice body bro yeah i don't know (laughs) anything about that every time i go to a gym it weirds me out to the point of me leaving the gym well i was i mean we can sell the guys you know like belle delphine's uh bath air see that's what i'm saying is that'll work (laughs) fine because there's enough creepy dudes that will buy belle delphine's but if you were like all right here's belle delphine's body temperature People buy that jar. Yeah. If you're like, here's Arnold Schwarzenegger from when he was like peak Arnold Schwarzenegger's body (laughs) heat. 
no one's going to buy that except for maybe Arnold Schwarzenegger because he thinks he's great, which is fine. I'm sure he has lots of proof of that himself. Mm-hmm. And like maybe two dudes that are real into him. But it's you still going to so? be two dudes. Yeah, because the dudes that are buying the dude's body heat are going to be the same creepy dudes that are buying the woman's body heat, just also into dudes. And statistically, <laughs> I feel like there's less creepy like gay dudes than there are creepy straight dudes. <laughs> and there are, by like that definition, just going to be some creepy bi dudes. Yeah. Like going into that. Well, but don't you think you could... Uh... Like, I would probably buy Arnold's body heat if I was in the market for body heat, because I would be like, yeah, out of all the body oh, so heat, you're saying Arnold would, probably... Wouldn't a fetish just evolve around it? <laughs> or not even necessarily a fetish, just like It has to be a fetish if you're buying a jar of somebody's body heat. I'm sorry to tell you this, Adam, but originally the fetish I was going into was it was just being creepy, was the fetish that I was feeling Well, I'm into. thinking practicality. I'm saying, like, you, you know, you sell it to people that are going on ski trips or someplace where they might want to have some extra warmth. You They're don't like, get extra warmth out of it. You're, that's the same temperature as you. <laughs> right, but if it's cold outside, it's meant to warm you up, right? That's why you're no, storing the body the, heat. No, it, it was to prime an EV suit. <laughs> you produce the body heat once you have it on. From... The source material, which is the jarred body heat. No, that's how you keep it primed so that you don't have to prime it when you put it on. Oh, okay. That was the whole whole point of the jarred body heat. Well, I think my point would still stand that... That you think... I think possibly a fetish developing around it is more likely than (laughs) to just have some bleed over on somebody wanting to go skiing with uh, the rock's body heat. Yeah. Or at least if they did that, I don't think it would be 100% non-sexual. <laughs> Just two dudes. I can see skiing. weird magic people doing it where they're like, I have his body heat. That's his energy. I am strong as bear. <laughs> Are you saying magic like David Blaine or magic like The Gathering? I feel like there's a different magic from both of those. <laughs> that is the magic that I'm talking about. I think David Blaine is an illusionist magic-y guy. And that Magic the Gathering is a card game and has nothing to do with magic other than <laughs> narratively. And then there's these other people who jerk off on sigils and light candles. And oh, that's those are the magic about. people that I'm thinking of that might be like, oh, a hair of newt and heat of rock. <laughs> hey, man, he prefers to be called Dwayne Johnson. Uh, when you steal his heat, I think you <laughs> cease to care about what he does. Did you know that the fucking, this is a side tangent, but of things that people used to think were real. They used to think cats stole babies' breath and killed them. Mm. Yeah. Like literal babies' breath, like their air? Yeah, not the flower. Okay. Yeah, like there was a thing for a while that you shouldn't let cats near infant children because they will come and suck the breath out of them. Mm. And that has been pretty much reduced to babies suck a titty, titty full of milk, cattle like a milk, cat a oh. smell a baby mouth after titty mouth. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, cats over history have really had a a lot of different uh, publicity around them. Well, this also goes <laughs> into uh, how I kind of think that we don't see things. And like, what if cats are just the physical representation of like the actual fourth dimensional being that is a cat? 
that is actually taking up the entirety of all space when one cat is there and only divides itself when many cats are around. So we're pretty much nothing to them. And they just like tasty treats and pats. <laughs> so like they just keep their physical forms around us while being, you know, fourth dimensional fucking yeah. titans of the cosmos. That's like when cats go real crazy and they start running around. and like Yeah, they're actually the having like a <laughs> existential crisis yeah, on a fourth yeah. dimension that wriggles through their third dimension. And the reason they don't care about us is because we have absolutely nothing to say that their giant cat minds haven't already contemplated. <laughs> For they live in both the present, past, and future, and you are not but a speck. I mean, not the craziest theory I've ever heard. Yeah, and that's why we don't see extra or like extraterrestrials, is because they already live here, they're cats, and the cats own us. Cats built the pyramids. That wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> I mean, they were around. They were getting worshipped. Yeah, well, that was the whole, like, the way they think cats developed on, like, living with people yeah. is basically they ate our food, but they also ate our mice. So mm. we were like, cool, you eat more mice, you eat less of our food. Yeah. Which makes us think that why weren't we just eating mice, but... <laughs> Disease, probably. Yeah, but, like... The reason why they ended up being fine is because cats kind of already had a social structure. Because yeah. cats naturally don't, like, fight, fight over food. Like, they produce a packing order instead of a straight dominance order. Which, it is like an assert dominance if people get out of line. If you, like, don't stay in the packing order. Because that's, right. like, the definition of packing order. Mm -hmm. But they just do that normally and if there's too many cats in an area they won't like fight each other out of it they'll go and find another area first and it's not until there's scarcity that cats actually start on force fighting each other one of our cats went missing filled in with another cat already there is always <laughs> six feral cats in my dad's backyard no matter what is going on dang saw an opening he's like well i like think i secretly think they have a list I think that there's, like, a bunch of feral cats in the neighborhood that apply to, like, our council. For some reason, I think they have the British, like, form of housing where they have to go to a town council to, like, <laughs> or a housing council to get anything done. And there's a small group of people that vote on everything. Yeah. You're like, well, I put my name in the union list. Well, yeah, Just my, waiting for my callback. <laughs> well, my dad's backyard's got to be excellent for being a feral cat. Yeah, definitely good hiding spots well it's also got the amount. added benefit of a bunch of people in his neighborhood like accused his house specifically of having coyotes living in it oh yeah also there's like do the other dogs in the neighborhood think that there's coyotes in my backyard that's why they don't fuck with the cats in my backyard <laughs> maybe yeah, yeah word spread <laughs> like that's the coyote house and really it's just the feral cat fucking clubhouse and yeah. I guess it's got to be pretty good to be a bird in that backyard, too. Because I have seen, been five years, I've seen three dead birds. <laughs> there has been a cat in view of a bird every single time I've walked outside. And they just, I've seen the birds fuck with one of the cats. <laughs> it's their entertainment. They go there just to mess around with them. I think that backyard's probably pretty entertaining to be a bird in general. There's oh, yeah. lots of like loopy loops and stuff to fly through. I would think almost any animal would have a good time back there. Yeah, there's the raccoons, which I finally figured out why the raccoon was fucking with the cat's water. Raccoons oh, wash their food when they eat it. 
Oh, I did know that. And yeah. we had cat food in a bowl of water to keep the ants out of it. Oh. So it was just walking up and taking handfuls of cat food <laughs> and dunking it in water and devouring it. <laughs> Which I don't know where the raccoon went, but... Crazy. Have you ever seen that video of the raccoon trying to eat cotton candy? Yeah, no, that's actually why I fucking... <laughs> yeah, and he puts that in is water why and I put that together, is because I was like, oh, that's right. This is the exact kind of, like, footprint setup that the raccoon footprints were. If you think any animal could make it into domestication next to be a common household pet... Mm, so you're getting this domestication <laughs> thing weird. Well, yeah. So, like, we don't consider, like, a lot of things domesticated... Right, uh, like in the technical sense of domestication, because I don't think cats are considered like there's the household cat, and then once it's a feral cat, it's back to not being domesticated. Yeah, but if it's a dog breed, like feral dogs are still kind of considered domesticated, I guess. Oh, I didn't know that. But I'm not entirely certain on all of that. I just know that. Every time I've ever heard people talk about domestication, they're like, because, like, technically you can't domesticate, um, it's not llamas. It's one of the fucking pack herds that we actually do keep in farms. <laughs> they're just not domesticated. Like, they just have absolutely no wish or will to be controlled by humans. They just don't care when we put a fence around them. <laughs> yeah. My vote's raccoon. I don't know or about skunk. that. Raccoons... I don't think can be domesticated because they're too smart. Like, they have the ability to do all of the stuff that we would do for them. Yeah, so if well, we try to domesticate them pet. the way that we domesticate animals is reward. Right. And they can just go get the reward regardless of, like, we can't actually stop them from doing a lot. Yeah. So I, I think we would have to, like, litter. I think we would have to brainwash them. And it wouldn't be considered <laughs> domestication because we would have to use sociological tactics. Okay. But yeah, if you're down, do you know what the uplift theories are and stuff? Um, you can guess maybe. by the name and the context, probably. I'm not sure it's not So uplift about. is when human beings decide to spend their technical knowledge increasing the intelligence of animals around them. And okay. there's a lot of sci-fi about that. But yeah. there is the, the, probably the best that I've read was Uplift War. And then I never finished Star Tide Rising, but... That is a missing story from the Uplift Wars. That's about dolphins in space. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Do they wear helmets? Yeah. Cool. So it's a, <laughs> the whole dolphins in space spaceship is really weird because it's a spaceship that's like double pressurized because they have to have a body of water for the dolphins to live in on the ship. Of course. But they do have like land suits. Okay. Like, they spend most of their time underwater, but they do have the ability, like, human beings are in space, and they've already made monkeys pretty much people. Do they walk upright, or on all fours in their lands? It's like, so I don't think they ever get, it's more of like a mech suit thing, where they have, like, their fucking, mm, okay. uh, their EV suit, yeah. and then they plug into, like, a land unit. Nice. But And I believe that it's the same kind of. From the amount of the book that I read, I feel like it's the same excavator from Aliens that just has a dolphin <laughs> stuck in the middle of it. Heck yeah. But it is good sci-fi. Right on. Process is disconnected. Re-establishing feed. 
You can find me on Instagram at Jane Fritz, J-A-I-N underscore Fritz. Um, my Twitter is gone. I don't care either. <laughs> it actually makes me kind of happy. I haven't read anything on Twitter that wasn't already posted to my Instagram in years anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I, I think I'm saying goodbye as well. Not that I really ever participated in Twitter, but you can find me on Instagram at VRFrittatas. And uh, you can also check out the UPP Twitch. It is UPP underscore Playa, P-L-A-Y-A. And I do have another Twitch channel as well. If you're interested in watching, it is Andy Pants, A-N-D-E-E underscore Pants. And if you guys want to send us a message, you know, you can do it on Instagram or you can email us. It is unacknowledged podcast product at gmail.com. Yeah. And <laughs> if you want to hunt us down in real life, don't. <laughs> you can try, but I'll hunt back. Is that I think it was just fighting? Yeah, probably. Uh, bye. <laughs> All right, later. And I don't oh, if, yeah. if the phone says private number or not a name that I've entered, <laughs> I don't answer that phone. Like I wait until they leave an answering machine. Like my my answering machine tells you if you don't know who this is, you shouldn't be calling me.